Welcome to the Caring Advisor Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Elizabeth Brickman, the Caring Advisor. Would you like to experience financial happiness? As a former finance professional credentialed in biblical finance, I want to help you close the gaps, heal the hurts, and put God at the center of your finances. On today's episode, we're going to talk about chasing wealth. Are you chasing wealth or is wealth chasing you? There are two types of wealth. One is the kind you chase and the other is the kind that chases you. So may I ask, in your life and experience, Does wealth seem out there and you're way over here and it's distinctly separate where you are and where wealth is, almost like you're in a little separate box, boxed in to your box, and you want to jump over into the other box. Or or you could think of it as a fence. You wish you could just jump over that fence to be in the wealth box because you are chasing wealth. Well, I want to today give you some examples of the issues when you're chasing wealth, and how to change that so that wealth will chase you. So if you're chasing wealth, here are some of the elements of that chase. First, there's an atmosphere of struggle going on, right? It's a constant effort. It's exhausting. You're, you're in a wrestling match against every circumstance and issue that's getting in your way. And you're in a wrestling match with your own desires versus your ethics. It's just so much effort. When you're chasing wealth, you're in a place of want. And that's what you're thinking about, what you want and don't have. And you are going after it, and it is not a fun time. It often involves a sour mindset and maybe even anger. Oh, life is so unfair. And you're just wrestling and struggling. There's also a very messed up hierarchy of your decision making. And what's worse is the hierarchy keeps shifting and changing. Which thing is most important? Oh, it's this. No, it's this. No, it's making the sale. No, it's doing the right thing. No, it's leaning into this area or that area. Ultimately, when you're chasing wealth, you're not feeling very good about yourself. You feel like you're a disappointment to yourself, and you you just feel a burnout in every way. And I think it's because deep down, you know you're not supposed to be chasing wealth. Chasing wealth is a sin, and it makes you feel so alone. On discouraging days, chasing wealth will make you feel like you have no one to turn to, because you've already shut God out of this enterprise that is not in his will. Chasing wealth puts you in a state of hopelessness, because no matter what you try, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many changes you make, the goal line keeps moving. Well, there's a different way that you can try to to pursue the full financial life that you long for. And that is to create a situation, a scenario, so that wealth will be chasing you. So what will that be like? Well, you won't be struggling. You'll be joyfully 
earnestly striving. You won't be in a wrestling match, but instead a match of your talents and abilities to whatever career or profession or enterprise you're dreaming of. You won't be in a place of want, not that you won't want things or even need things, but you will be in a place of gratitude, of hope for tomorrow. You'll be in a place of inner safety. You won't be in a sour mindset. You'll be in an excited mindset. You know, Christians, I think, are the most interesting people on the planet because they make their requests known unto God and they listen for His voice in how or what they should change to make their dreams come true. When you're in a different scenario where wealth is chasing you, and I'm going to show you in a minute how to get there, another element that differentiates it is that you will not be in a messed up hierarchy of decisions. You will have a true, smart, firm hierarchy of decisions. You will always know what is most important second most important, and third most important. And you know God is number one in that hierarchy. You'll also stop feeling so badly about yourself. You're going to begin to feel great about yourself. You won't feel like you're a disappointment to yourself or to God. You're going to feel like you're bursting with potential at any age, at any stage of your pursuit. And best of all, you will not be sinning. You now know the truth, and nobody's going to shake you down. You will no longer feel alone nor hopeless. So, now that we know how awful it is to be chasing wealth and how good it feels to have wealth start chasing you, how do you actually make that happen? Well, just to review, chasing wealth is fruitless, and as Christians, we're not allowed to do it. But there are principles that we can chase, and those principles will often lead to wealth. So I do want you to hear it that way. So let me give you two silly examples of how principles can attract or repel godly wealth. We're going to look at two make-believe fellows, Larry and Gary. So both of them are married. They have two kids. They're good people. Both of these men, Larry and Gary, love the Lord, know the Lord, attend church. They're seeking to live the best lives they can for themselves and their families. So we do not have a good guy, bad guy in this scenario. And so we're going to call Larry, Loose Larry, and we're going to call Gary, Godly Gary. So Loose Larry is always looking for the next deal that will bring him wealth. He is chasing wealth. His mission is to be affluent. Not for selfish gain, remember he's a good guy, but to live a good life. Nothing wrong with that. So in his mind, wealth is the answer. Hmm, questionable. But he wonders, how do other people do it? I mean, he's chasing and chasing, but he's not capturing it. Why? Is it hiding? It's hiding maybe behind door number three. Oh no, there's a different secret he needs to find out. Whenever he hears about people making money, his ears perk up. So he leaps into new decisions, new sales gimmicks, new so-called opportunities. He's hoping this time, this is the one. Now remember, Luce Larry is not a bad person. 
He's a lovely man. He's lovely, Larry. He really wants to do the right thing before God. He wants to just jump on the right train quickly before it speeds off without him. He's all over the place. So let's contrast Loose Larry with Godly Gary. I wish I could sing. I would make a, an angel voice. <laughs> Godly Gary also wants to do the best for him and his family, but his approach is different. Like many of us, Gary's ability exceeds his opportunity. You know how that is when you feel you've been born for more than is currently being offered to you. His ability exceeds his opportunity at the moment. But godly Gary's mission is, above all, to be God's man. So, he invests himself in God's word. He stays alert. He's listening and listening all the time. Lord, what are you saying? Every morning before work, he reads and studies God's word. And all day long at the office, he tries hard to apply it. He reads the book of Proverbs daily, which in about three to five minutes is giving him lots of guidance about life skills that he missed growing up. Godly Gary wants what we all want, to live the best life he can. But Gary does not see his identity in terms of win-lose or wealth. He sees his identity as God's man. He owns a small accounting firm. And at some point, numerous clients started asking him to handle their day-to-day financial affairs. Godly Gary looked to the Lord. He said, what are you saying, Lord? And that was five years ago. And guess what? Gary has built a wonderful firm helping widows, elderly, and busy executives manage their day-to-day accounting. Godly Gary pays their bills so they can be free from it. And it is win-win. Godly Gary is winning. He's added eight staff in the past two years. His business is exploding. Godly principles are always wealth pursuing. So, what are those principles? Let me give you a, a short list. First, surrender. Surrender not to poverty, not to a lack of success, but surrender to the Lord. Lord, your will for me is what I want. I want to will and to do of your good pleasure. Please help me reach the fullest ordained level of success. Please help me not squander the days and the opportunities you give me. Surrender to the Lord. Next, commit. Commit to work hard at whatever it is you're doing as if you're working for God and not for man. Even if you're in the absolutely worst wrong job for now, just work hard at it. If you do the right thing, the godly thing, even when it's excruciatingly hard, it will be difficult, but God will notice. Next, seek counsel. Now, obviously, you can't seek stupid counsel, foolish counsel, or evil counsel. It has to be godly and right counsel, and it should be from a multitude of counselors. Some counsel will come from maybe a professional financial advisor. Others may come from a trusted relative or friend who 
uses only God's principles, but who has done well and might share some of their experience, I hope you'll turn to this program and to my website, elizabethbrickman.com, for counsel that comes without cost, and of course to God's Word and in prayer. Next, get wisdom, and I mean true wisdom. So let's look at what wisdom is and is not. Not wisdom from the latest hotshot financial guru. Wisdom from the Bible. Timeless truths. You know what? You don't know what you don't know. But you can know a lot if you'll just read Proverbs and read all of God's Word. Next, pray and listen. Now, this is really important. Praying and listening is really what helped me move from a certain profession into a greater and more lucrative profession. So, first of all, praying. There are ways to pray and ways not to pray. You don't want to pray as a whiny teenager begging God through your temper tantrum. God already knows what you need. He's not surprised. He's not saying, oh, I forgot he or she needed this. No, he knows exactly. So the Bible tells us, with thanksgiving, make our requests to him. And then, this is really important, listen. At all times, listen for what he's doing all around you. So here's an example. Listen when your friend mentions that another company is hiring in your field. Turn to the Lord. Lord, is that you? Are you, are you behind this? Listen when your employer mentions a new branch opening or a new position becoming available. Lord, is that you? Listen when your respected friend is the third person this week to compliment your skill in a certain area. Be open to how God is moving in your life. And remember, listening means staying alert. You can be relaxed and alert at the same time, but always, always be listening for what God says. Also, find your no. Remember, we have an enemy who wants to distract, detour, and destroy our hopes and happiness. You do not have to please everyone. Your best friend loves you, but they are not the author of your life. God is. You do not have to cater to the time-wasting, life-sucking whims of everyone around you. Prepare to be focused and directed on your path. Find your no. A few observations as we close. Just remember, God gets to be the God, and we get to be the kids. The parent, that's God, does not always tell the children what is about to happen. I've noticed that I didn't even realize I was stepping into opportunities sometimes until I was already knee-deep in them. It's that way with trouble or opportunities. We don't even know we're in it until we're already knee-deep. But if you're living for Him and focused on Him, you're moving in step with Him. Trust that. Focus on Him. You know, it reminds me of my sister and brother-in-law who play fly ball with their border collies. Their dogs are trained to focus on them, and that's how they win championships. There are lots of distractions, lots of people and noise and activities swirling around, and of course, lots of other dogs. But my sister and brother-in-law's dogs are aware 
of all these peripheral stimuli, but they're not focusing on any of it. The number one focus for these dogs is on my sister and her husband, eye to eye. They're watching her, and that's how it has to be with us and the Lord. The client may be talking, the news is talking, social media sites are talking, your friends and family and colleagues are talking, the advertisers are always talking, but the one voice you hear above all the din is his. The eye contact you make through prayer is with him above all. And that, my friends, that is how you get wealth to chase you. First, it builds on the inside a true spiritual abundance, just like Jesus described. And then it starts to overflow. I mean, you can only contain so much, and then it just spills over. May it overflow in your life, too. May your path be unblocked of thorns and be like a highway. Be sure to subscribe to my website, elizabethbrickman.com, so I can send you resources to strengthen and shorten your path to the fullest life possible. Bye for now. Let's continue our conversation. Subscribe and be notified when the next episode airs. And if this has helped you find financial happiness, please share it. Let's close the gaps heal the hurts, and put God at the center of our finances. Come visit me at elizabethbrickman.com, where subscribers receive additional content. And thanks to my co-producer and audio engineer, Tyler Harrison.